with Jack at 1241 on the Pacific Coast. And, and I appreciate it. And I'm living at the 45 with you. Yes, sir. Day long. Yes, sir, brother. Yes, sir, brother. Hey, Except for I really wanted to ask you, I guess I'm a little confused about We Connect because yeah. I thought your issue when you got hurting, I thought it was more like a heart thing or, or, or like a, you, you know, kind of like a diagnosis that was kind of scary. I didn't know it had to do with mental health. And so I was kind of wondering why We Connect. I, I guess that's really the biggest thing. Well, we connect as a healthcare technology company uh, that serves and supports those individuals with mental health issues and substance use disorder or substance misuse. Um, prior to my cardiac arrest and cardiac event, uh, I co-founded We Connect seven, eight years ago. Oh, so this was before. Yeah. I see. Okay, I wondered. Okay. But but why we connect? I'm someone in long-term recovery since 1999, and while playing the 1999 U.S. Open, actually we we can actually bring it back to mental health challenges. I'm in long-term recovery from mental health challenges. In in '93, when we won the French, I uh, had my first unknowingly panic attack. Um, <clears throat> sat in the locker room. We just won the thing. In that moment, I, Luke and I are the best in the world at what we've done, at what we do. And I started shaking. You know, my outsides may have accomplished this goal, but my insides and my head was I had a whole nother uh, narrative going on. And that led to, you know, the Jensen Brothers rock and roll tennis. And I was quite overwhelmed during the tour days with all that attention and all that stuff. So and much insanity. Yeah, I remember that. It, it was just, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready and I didn't have the tools to to navigate that, that world. Um, and it wasn't until 1999 while playing the U.S. Open with the birth of my first son, my brain had come up with, the conclusion that, you know, jumping out of a window in New York City was a good idea. And instead of a hotel manager in Los Angeles calling an interventionist, he called, uh, calling the police, he called an interventionist. I got a knock on the door and he asked if I was, he shared his story and asked if I would uh, was willing to get help. You know, was, you know mental health uh, issues preceded my uh, substance misuse and self-medication to check out of the here and now, um, to be anywhere but where I was at. And right now I'm with Jack, and that's enough. And uh, in my my brain wasn't working right for a while. And um, it wasn't until I started on a pathway of recovery that I found out that I wasn't alone and that this was a not only a treatable but a preventable uh, uh, condition. So and if I really break it down, uh, my my mental health preceded my heart health, you know, and I I can't blame I can't point that my mental health caused a cardiac arrest. That was a struck by lightning moment uh, on October 29th, twenty twenty two. A little bit like Hamlin uh, this week. It's exactly like him. And oh, my really? Heart, exactly to a T. Um, instead of landing backwards as he did with a football helmet on on, on the turf, 
I landed backwards. I was hitting my first serve, first point of the service of the set. And the lights went out and I tumbled back and uh, landed on my head and, and I had skull fractures. My heart had stopped and it stopped for 18 minutes. And within 10 seconds, there were off-duty medical professionals and an ex-fire chief that went to pr proceeded to give me CPR compression. They bro broke my ribs, broke my sternum. They shocked me four times in 18 minutes on that tennis court. My, my head had blood dripping out of it and my brothers um talking to me they asked my brother to talk to me as i'm i'm dead i did i get it for 18 minutes and um and then they the ambulance arrived they shocked me two more times in an ambulance they eventually got a heartbeat and they induced me into a coma for six days so when i'm watching the damar hamlin story unfold i actually reached out to jesse pagula and, and uh, a number of others, I've spoken to the NFL network, to ESPN people, if I can be of help or service to anybody, uh, the Hamlin family, you know, what my wife went through, my sons went through, my brother sure, went through. Sure, of course, through. the whole family. Um, you know, you mention how you wake up in the morning and see life. I will never be the same again. And Damar Hamlin will never be the same again. I have a built-in defibrillator um, in my body. It's like a de small deck of cards underneath my my arm, uh, near my armpit, and uh, with a wire that if my heart were to stop again, we're going to have a different conversation <laughs> than we're having Shit. right now. Um, so Man. now I'm with, But We Connect is a mobile application that has support group meetings 365 days a year. We've served over a half a million people from 30 countries. Um, there's recovery coaching and recovery capital planning. And, you know, I, I wouldn't climb Mount Everest alone and I didn't get sober and I don't stay sober and I don't stay uh, mentally right alone. You know, I get, I have a, I have a team, you know, that, that helped me. And the first thing I speak of mental health, I asked my therapist in this room after the cardiac arrest was why I am still here. Why am I still here? Am I still here? I actually have to pinch myself. Am I still alive? Is this a dream? Um, people ask me, what did you go to the other side? I have, I have a couple of vague memories of being here when I was there um, and people calling, seeing myself and people asking me, are you okay? I'm in my office. Of course I'm okay. You know, they're texting me, is, is everything okay? I'm okay. That's all I remember. I have no memory of Colorado Springs. I have no memory of that court. I have no memory of even flying to Colorado the day before I'm with my wife and baby. No memory. But I have another memory of being on a tennis court, speaking to the other side. And it was named after Ken Flack, who had died a few years ago, um, suddenly. And yep. so I don't think I don't think he had a cardiac arrest, but the court had been named after him. And so to have two vague, me random memories of this um, and now watching it live on TV with Damar Hamlin, um, you know, you don't know, you know, you don't know uh this 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 life we all live is is very fragile and the things that we can control are are a lot less than we think you know
Yeah, I mean, you're a big, strong guy. I mean, who would who would have thunk it? You know what I mean? Same with Demar. I mean, who the guy's a spec. I mean, he's an unbelievable, yeah. unbelievable athlete. We just love. I mean, we just love watching him. I mean, I just and he didn't get hit that hard. No, a cardiac arrest is an electrical. It's not a plumbing situation, and that hit may have sparked his heart to stop um, and have his cardiac arrest. Uh, this happens every 90 seconds. There is a reason when you walk through the airport or into a Starbucks, there's an AED there because it's not just old dudes. It's not just unhealthy people. It can be a 10-year-old a competitive girl gymnast. I've gotten calls and letters from people from around the world, and it could be a, a wife, it could be a son, it could be it could be anybody, and it's and it's electrical short. In my case, it may have been high altitude dehydration, lack of potassium. It could have been a number of things, um, but who, huh. who? Only God knows, you know. You know that that makes me wonder. How much do you think the uh... The other stuff mattered. You know, I talked to Barry for a couple hours. Uh, Barry Buss, you, you're familiar? Mm -hmm. You must know him. I know Barry. From yeah. UCLA. Yeah, he had yeah. a similar thing, except for the physical ailments, but I mean, he was lucky too. I read his book cover yeah. to cover. Yeah. And, uh, you know, his was more of a, you know, being a kind of a deadhead and a big partier, but shit, I... I I've grown up in tennis, you know, even though you, you've made it to the top of the mountain, I'm still a journeyman. We all, we all kind of suffer the same things, yeah. you know, and there's a, there's a stink ton of partying in tennis. I mean, even yeah. though it's very hush hush, but yeah. everyone from Bjorn Borg all the way through, you know, <laughs> I heard labor used to drink beer before yeah. or John Alexander, those guys used to drink yeah. a couple of beers before they jumped on the court you think that has much to do with anything or not really? Well, I mean, you know, socially people drink to, you know, why does anyone put anything in their mouth that changes them from the neck up? They like, uh, they could either be uh, doing that for relief. You lose a tough match. Couple yeah. of years. You win a or big you, match. Or you win a big match. Yeah, a couple of beers. Exactly. So, but um, alcohol, you know, over is very acceptable thing, you know, but there, there's there's a difference between the social drinker and someone that's crossed that line to misuse, to change the way they feel, you know. You know, I so-and-so, I'm going to have a drink to take the edge off. What's what is that edge? Stress, you know. I'm I'm nervous before a match. Going to have to hit a few. Well, that's not going to help my serve. You know, it's going to help make me weak. Might make you feel like you're playing well, but you know. Or, and and I and I and I cast no judgment on any of it, you know. But you know what what's the motive and what precedes, you know. If if I'm drinking to fit in for your acceptance hey murphy let's have a beer i don't even like the taste of beer but i don't want you to think that i don't can't drink beer sure i'll have that beer bring it over here jack you know and i'm, I'm seeking your approval and your affection you know and whatever 
how that is, as opposed to, you know, I like I like to have a beer in the warm sun after a long match. Who the hell does it? You know, I I can, in my mind's eye, I burn that gym card. I personally have been rewarded with a life I didn't even know was available to me as a result of, you know, uh, you know, I don't need anything outside of me to 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 feel whole and complete i'm enough you know yeah and uh and i just choose that that it does it doesn't work for me you know i i i don't like i don't have i'm not triggered you can have as many drinks in front of me as you want that's your business i, I get it i get it yeah you know i always thought it was more the rock star syndrome seemed like the better players uh, to me uh, and even when I had a few good wins myself, it, it seemed like the rock star mentality, meaning you're on stage. It's very exciting. You know, and in my case, it was mostly just college tennis and chicks would watch and this and that. Right. And, and you felt like kind of a star out there for the moment or for the win. And uh, I always felt like it was kind of a rock star thing. I always sort of compared the two. And I just thought, well, you know, you got all this excitement you got to keep it going. Now you're going to go home. You're bored to tears. I was yeah. just on stage center court, or I was just on court one, winning yeah. number one doubles to win the match five, four. And now you're home and it's like, uh, and then it was you're like, lonely. you know, lonely. is it's that lonely. what it is? It's loneliness. I mean, you think about the rock stars. I know like Jim Morrison or something. I know hundreds that are dead and hundreds that are in long-term recovery. And really, you know, yeah, there's fear, you know, and then that the 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 feeling of being uncomfortable in one's skin, you know, when they're not on stage, or what allows them to write that hit record was smoking this or doing that, and they get a gold record, and then they smoke more of this and do more of that, and they get a platinum record, and then they, now they're just numb, you know, and then yeah, going, and, and next thing you know, there's a dependence created where I can't go to bed without taking this and I can't wake up without drinking this, you know? So yeah. it's an evolution that, yeah, but back to on a, on a simple level, there was, um, you know, the movies we watch, you got Scarface, you've got- I watched Jim it this Morrison, weekend. Yeah. Jim Morrison, the story, you know, who wouldn't want to go to Burning Man after seeing that and until you see him- sure. You know, I uh, it's a good idea until it's not. And, you know, there's there, there's curiosity. But, but back to that, why? Why, you know, if I were to think about the first time I had ever had a drink, it was actually at a national junior tennis tournament. I'm 12 years old and I'm far away from home. And I lost a burner of a match with six match points. I never had a drink in my life. And uh, my roommates were from New York and they hit the mini bar and they said, do you want some vodka? I don't even want, know what vodka is. They asked me if I want to smoke a joint. I don't even know what a joint is, but I didn't want them to think I wasn't cool. Huh? Well, you, you know? started a lot, you started a lot younger than me, man. I'll tell you that. But so, yeah, like I said, but... most of the great players did most of my, my friends that were, you know, semis of the orange bowl or whatever yeah. they were the partiers were the guys who did the best yeah well you know you, they work real real hard and have an obsession to uh 
to, you know, I, I was, once again, I worked really, really, really hard. Um, I loved uh, being in my brother's air and I loved being with him and I knew where he was going. He was the number one junior in the world singles. And oh level. yeah. Yeah. And uh, number one in college tennis at USC and then turns pro and he has, he's all that in a bag of chips and I didn't want to not be with him. So I worked really, really hard. Yeah. You know, went back to what motivates anybody. I think our opportunity in the world of tennis is to equip these juniors with tools to not only win, but to learn how to lose and to, you know, treat those as Kipling would say, those two imposters the same. You know, if you go, the saddest place on the tennis tour is uh, the press conference after the person that lost. You would have thought, it, just listening to them, you can see the tone and the light in their eyes is gone, and it's like someone has died. A funeral. Well, that's right. It's as sad as a funeral. And then and then the other sad place is prize money. If you go into prize money, you start yelling at the, the, the person writing your check. There's only one person that's going to be satisfied, and that's the dude with the trophy at the end. But, you know, you lose a match you should have won, you're going to walk into that prize money with a crappy attitude. You, what do you mean you're taxing me 35%? Right. You know, and that guy's just doing his job, man. And I'm ripping his head up. And But anyway, you know, this huh. game of tennis has taught me everything I need to know, how to solve problems, how to get up when I've been knocked down, how to handle uh, wins and losses. But... You know, I, I, I've learned more from my uh, uh, my losses and my setbacks than uh, my success, period, end stop. And Well, they um, always say that, right? I mean, Well, they say that. The things we go through, we grow through, you know. And I'm playing tennis at 215, and I'll be in a battle with some maniac. And I, I play the youngsters, the young college players, and they don't know what to do when a person comes to the net. But um, right. I'm diving and digging and and uh, running around at 54 years old and the balls are coming back. I, I still play really well, but it feels like the what I've learned is really how the rackets have affected the game. The power oh, yeah. someone used to have isn't that big of a deal because a lot of people say these rackets produce power, but they absorb it as well. They of spring. course, so much easier on your body. I just know that what used to not come back comes back with a with a message. Like, is yeah. that all you got? You know. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely think the rackets have favored the Europeans with the clay courts because they always they were always all court players. We were always, you know, what did Nick used to say? Have you got to have a weapon? You know, we just wanted one or two big weapons. Smash and, and crash. And yeah, that. rush and crush. That's right. Yeah, and uh, crash and burn. If you can't play the full court, you're you're not going to be playing today. And it's a game of attrition, as Federer told me, as opposed to power. Can you outrun? Can you run for six hours and hold serve all along the way? You know? And right. Just, I mean, look at that Alcaraz-Sinner match. I mean, oh. Nobody I still knows. have it. On, I still have it on the recording. I see it every. I watched it four times already. Nobody misses. It's unbelievable. Like, yeah, it nobody is. Nobody makes a mistake, or or they can't put the ball away. Yeah, you know. So, you know, I love this thing called life, and it's given me so much. And I love the game because it's given me so much. And I, my job on this planet is uh, 
really easy. It's uh, to be available anytime, anywhere someone reaches out for help. Yeah, it sounds like you've really changed your life uh, goals and your life mission now completely. I mean, completely. Did you ever talk to Naomi after her little breakdown a couple of years ago? I made a, I made a, I, I, she, I coached her for the Washington Castles um, maybe once or twice. And, um, you know, where, where the tour has to realize is that if someone raises their hand and says they've got mental health issues, you should listen, you know, and not levy a fine and and be empathetic and understanding and maybe find out why someone needed to raise their hand because teenage girls um or teenagers more than 150,000 children uh took uh committed suicide in 2022 big number and that number is, is that right in the United States or worldwide in the US oh my god and uh, uh you think it was because of the lockdowns I, it's 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 a lot of things. I think people, um, technology uh, can bridge a lot of things, but um, it really combats human connection. And you know, my, my mental health issues. I can only only really speak from my experience. Um, was a disease of isolation, and I'm only as sick as my secrets. And so, if I'm just locked into these phones all day, if I'm seeking your approval and affection by my Instagram account, if you like me or not, um, I'm going to have issues at the end of the day. And now you get to the top of the mountain. You're you're making fifty million dollars a year, and you really don't. You're not armed with the tools to to live this life. You're a child. You just won the U.S. Open. Serena Williams. It's on the other side and you serve four aces and then you get off the court and like, now what? I'm scared. I can play great tennis, but I'm a scared child out here. I don't know whether it's Naomi or anybody. It's um, it's called the human condition. And it's got to be okay not to be okay. You know, we need you know, to live like that. It makes me wonder the same question as before, though. When does it become a problem? I mean, look, we all get scared shitless before the finals, every one of us. And, and you know, sometimes I couldn't sleep when I was a junior the night before a finals match. Or, you know, I, I, I'd puke a little sometimes before going home. It's happened once or twice when I was a eight boys, 16s or 18s, I remember. Uh, but when does it become a real kind of like the drug thing? OK, so smoke some bud, have a beer. When does it become, you know, when do you 18, cross the line? You know what I mean? Old. You're 18 years old and you go from zero to hero. You go from no prize money in the challengers and the satellites to $50 million. You're going to have to be responsible and adult and accountable to a lot of responsibility to earn that $50 million. They didn't sign you to those deals to not do photo shoots, well, if you're incapable of a, having the a voice or incapable of managing, and now everybody but you is managing your world. All you got to do is go out there and play tennis. But now you just don't want to play tennis. You got to do this and this and this and this and look sure. right, sound right, talk right, breathe right, sleep right. You lose your marbles, you know? You, you know, it can get overwhelming uh it would be an understatement you know and what tools does anybody have to deal with that responsibility 
You know, when I never saw it quite as responsibility. I saw it as a pleasure, but I see what you mean by responsibility. It's, it's a privilege to play this game. No doubt about it. But, you know, you, you, you haven't been in a situation where you felt overwhelmed or less than or not enough. And even if you were number one and you felt less than and not enough, you know, it's not what what's going on is what I think is going on. If my head is t is got one narrative, the whole world says, I love you, Murphy. But my head's saying, Murphy, you're a piece of garbage. You're not enough. You don't measure up. You're a fraud, imposter syndrome. I've I've been through that exact th same thing myself, you know. I mean, yeah, especially since I coach some great players. I mean, players, you know, top 20 in the world, much better than myself ever got much better than I ever got. So yeah, I think the word fraud came up quite a few times in my life with myself. I'm like, God, do I even deserve to be here? You know, I mean, I'm, you're right. I think that is a big issue with tennis, but I thought well, it was the, just, I thought it was just those solution? of us. We talk about issues. What's the solution to this stuff? What's the solution to what you just said? And then I think it's, you know, for me, it comes down to acceptance. You know, I'm, I accept myself whether I'm winning or losing. I, I, I love myself unconditionally whether I'm winning or losing. Um, I'm right with the person in the mirror. And no different than anything else in life, you know, the more I practice, the more I give myself a chance to win. I practice, I have tools in place that I practice on a daily basis to oh, ensure really? that I stay out of my way. That this thing called my like what like meditation like meditation yeah I was meditating earlier today awakened to a great day you know meditation prayer journaling I I attend support group meetings um, I have a basically an army of supporters that you know I'm honest you know I, I you live in a world how can you really be honest if there's guilt and shames associated with my thinking and my behavior. You know, I have to have a safe place to reach out for help and know that it's okay back again to not being okay. Before my head says, you know, jumping off this boat and drowning would be a better idea than, you know, and it, the, I'm not alone. Thank God. And, and, and I don't share this to be dramatic or in a boastful way, but my, my phone rings daily. My son's on life support. Can you help me? What should I do? Um, I'm thinking wow. about checking out on this this world or, um, you know, you don't know what to do. And imagine a mom or a dad scared to death. And, and, and that's the call I get. And it's only from having gone through it, grown through it, experienced it firsthand. And the people that had gone through it, grown through it and experienced it firsthand were the only ones that could help me. So... If if anything, if if my experience can produce any hope, uh, great. I never set out to be on any mission or purpose or oh, anything like that. Yeah. I I'm just doing Monday with Jack at twelve forty one on the Pacific Coast, and, and I appreciate it. And I'm living at the forty five with you. Yes, sir. I'll Day long. Yes, sir, brother. Yes, sir, brother. Hey, listen, let me see what I can do. Uh, you know, I've got a pretty good uh, group of folks that uh, frequent my page now uh, mm -hmm. after a lot of hard work in a year. Um, and I'm going to continue uh, having great uh, podcasts and 
We have a new show, live show starting next week. I'll have to have you tune in. It's a comedy, believe it or not, because I think I tennis, I think the one thing tennis is missing is comedy. I mean, and you and I know it ain't nothing but insanity out there. College tennis is insane. Yeah. I didn't play Davis Cup, but I've watched it. It's ridiculous. The shouting yeah. and the throwing yeah. things and and P and them, of course, tennis parents. And, uh, you know, so I, I just thought, how come, you know, so mine's basically, I'm going to be like the Gutfeld of tennis, you know, because I just thought I was watching it one night. And I thought to my, I told my wife who doesn't play tennis, I said, babe, why is tennis boring? She goes, oh, she says, if you don't play it, she says, I've always thought it was boring. She said, everyone thinks it's boring, except for those few of you that play it. And you guys are tennis nuts. Yeah. And I said, well, I can tell you one thing. There's no humor in tennis. So I decided to start doing this show called The Real Spin. And that'll be next week. Hopefully you'll be a guest on it one day. It's going to, we're going to cover all the current events, but uh, I'd be happy to, um, I've got uh, sports, John Eagleton and a few, just a few people. I think I have five partners, but I could, I'd be happy to put your um, link on our partner page because now that I think about it, I have had two kids in my 40 years of coaching call me at between one and three in the morning, telling me they're thinking of, yeah. offing themselves i mean these are 13 one was 13 one was 15 yeah uh, and then and then and, and one wasn't a good player and the other was uh, i don't want to say who but he won you know he, he won some lots of gold balls he's a good player hmm. and so i know it does happen i just kind of pushed it down i i kind of yeah, forgot about know, those times help is available like i said it's treatable preventable we connect is a is a lifeline it's a first line of defense against uh these uh and and help you know there's a mobile app with support group meetings for family loved ones we have peer recovery support coaches that you you know you can self-pay check your insurance to see if that's covered um or your employer we're serving employers now a lot of companies are making this a health and wellness benefit i would like to make this available to all the teaching pro and all the tennis instructors across the country i think there's 11 12 000 of them at the uspta um, that there is an anonymous confidential way that they can uh, get help. And, and my I'll, website can get you there too, murphyjensen.com. Okay. I'll sure. make sure. I'll make sure in the writing of this, uh, of, of the presentation of this podcast, it's all in there. Jack, you're a winner, man. I'll come see hey, you. Man. I'll come to Denver. I, I, I hope you come to Denver. Uh, where, you, play, where are you? I play tennis at Cherry Hills. Oh, Cherry Hills. Sure. I know it well. Yeah, good. It's spot. a beautiful area. Where are you living now? Still, still California. Seattle. Seattle. Oh, Seattle now. Yeah, eight years in Seattle. Is that because after you got married, was she from that area? Or? Yeah, I started my company here. My co-founder uh, uh, did stuff with Microsoft and came from the tech space, and um, a lot of engineers and developers and data scientists here, and um, it's a good spot to uh, start a tech company. And selling L and starting an LLC is a lot less expensive than California. I can tell you that's that. What they say that's what they say. It's crazy, yeah. man. It's yeah. crazy. Well, hey, I love you, Jack. Hey, thanks a lot, man. Thanks for your time, and I yeah, really appreciate of course, it. of course. Call me. You got my cell, right? I got it. Text me. Call me anytime. Okay. I will, and I'll make sure uh, to get you up on the site, and I'll put this all over the place. Social Let media. Let me know where to see it. I'd love to see it. And I'll, I can ta have I'll tag you. I can have WeConnect posted and, and I can post it on my stuff. It's all good. Are you on Facebook and all that stuff? I'm only with I you am, on LinkedIn. But for some reason, they shut down my account. 
So are you a Republican? <laughs> man, I, I am not political, um, but I can see why you would ask that. Um, and uh, I am a be kind in. I just gotcha. I just be. I live from uh, the world of being kind, and um, the no. I think something must have gotten jacked up. I don't know. And okay. I have a friend that works at Facebook, and he said he'll fix it. But um, cool. I'm on Instagram and stuff like that. I'll make sure to tag you all over the place. Thank you. Thank hey. you so much. Have all a right, brother. Day. Yeah, you have a fantastic week. Yeah, you too, Jack. Uh,